0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes.
2: Welcome to the Whistleblowers. Welcome to the Whistleblowers. Hello. Yeah, we Greetings. just finished recording a podcast, do not we, Martin? Yep. How was it for you? It's a good one. I enjoyed that, Mark. Really enjoyed yeah. that. We're finding our groove,
1: Chris. Yeah, you let me speak a lot more in on this one, so I felt, you know, it was great. Yeah, well, you just, just look so sad over there.
2: Thought I'd let you put a word in every now on, and then.
1: Go, I, I talk about Torquay. P- pipping Huddersfield so for all you Torquay fans out there um you'll enjoy this
2: yes uh I talk about um Derby I mean actually we talk quite a lot about the phrase bottling we or do bottlers specifically around uh the attachment to Liverpool Liverpool Spurs Derby gets a very solid look in as well Brennan Rogers uh, Brennan wee... Rogers, yeah have a wee go at him don't we and also we find out a fair bit about Martin Gritton's family tree of football which you might not have known about but you will do at the end and You'd be so sort of uh, ambivalent towards it that it won't even matter yeah have a listen
1: this is true do
2: the so Martin uh, weekend's just gone we saw Liverpool draw with everton uh, we saw Spurs draw with Arsenal and there are two teams there Spurs and Liverpool that keep getting or certainly recently have been getting the the Term bottlers mm. thrown at them. Oh, they're bottling it. Liverpool are bottling it. Spurs are perennial bottlers. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this. What does that mean anymore? Does that mean anything anymore? Or is it, are we, just in, a, are we in a time where if you lose a game, you can't just lose a game? No. You've either bottled it or you haven't.
1: But it's the personality of the team that, because the fans bite and then it gets attached, it's some kind of conditioning thing, isn't it? Uh, definitely something that's been associated with those teams rather than others. Like, I wouldn't say that. For Man United, say it's, it's they just don't play the Man United way. If unless they beat teams like five four or something like that, It's ridiculous. Or if, if Man City are off off the boil, it's like kind of they have
2: to beat teams by a ridiculous amount. I think different rules are apply to Liverpool and Spurs specifically. Okay. So you think it's a sort of a, uh, an attribute that people have assigned to these teams because it, of because of what? what what sort of history are you talking about? Because of history, but but recent history. Because I don't see Liverpool bottling it. Apart from that one slip-up season, the, the the Gerard slip, I can't see that they've really bottled anything. No, in the last ten, twenty years. So look at those games. So it's 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 one of those situations, isn't it, where uh,
1: stigma uh, just sticks to a club. And I thought a club would break that. And obviously, but the numbers, what you get what you'll get is Liverpool fans and Spurs fans throwing stats back at you and that always smacks of desperation. It doesn't matter if you're top of the league. It doesn't matter if you're, oh, we've gone on this record or we've done that. All that matters is the fact that you're reacting that way is because, you know, the Man City are absolutely pumping teams or they're beating Bournemouth with like a virtual skeleton crew and, and you're like, this is this obviously means something. If you have that confidence, I don't think you even bring those things up. And the bot the, the people who are bringing that up are Liverpool fans. Liverpool fans are going, we're not bottlers. And then it's become this thing now where so, you know, and even Klopp, like the, the, the nonsense. The Klopp was blaming the wind. They get asked so many questions. Mm. That inevitably they're going to say something, and the, the media do love to spin it that way. They're just going, just wait for him, just wait for him to blame something,
2: yeah, and we'll just spin it that way. I, I do sort of think he, I, I agree with you that if, if you speak long enough and it's everything's recorded, you're going to say some dumb shit from time to time. I understand that. I never do that. No, okay, <laughs> yeah, we do like 20 minutes a week, and it's, just, it's 19 minutes, <laughs> you know, of it. it's, it's a just gold. <laughs> but Klopp should, Klopp is a professional, he's done this for a long time, He he knows the game. I don't think he helps himself with things like that. And I think if you're looking for a narrative, which is what we as the media are doing at all times, then you can always go, because of, you know, just sort of confirmation bias, if you decide Who's they're he? bottling, yeah. then you go, oh, Klopp says something stupid, therefore that just means he's bottling it. Yeah, and course. then it snowballs and snowballs. Yeah, that's the real quiz. That, yeah, oh. yeah. But it,
1: uh, let's, I think it's staggering that I haven't brought this up. You're a Derby fan right i was gonna be this up i was i wasn't gonna and i this. have to be the one to so the, an absolute perfect example and not bottling but just a team that runs out of steam and the stigma and mentality that's attached to it how do you feel about that and what kind of the fear of god does easter weekend put
2: into you <laughs> so with Derby, apart from the resurrection of christ our lord yeah and savior yeah uh with darby it it's only really. It's quite a recent thing, the the bottling tag. Really, I think uh, when McLaren uh, came back in twenty thirteen twenty fourteen, quite six we, years. Yeah, I mean, but it's not as in, it's not historic. It's not like it's not going. I mean, I, I guess it is a long time now. Yeah, but so when McLaren came back, we had that um, playoff final against QPR, where we, Zamora scored that ninety third minute goal or whatever. And genuinely, since then, I think we've got a nucleus of a side that are largely still at the club or. Have, been there till recently and it seems to be in our dna that we've now got a dressing room full of vietnam war vets with ptsd who <laughs> can't see straight who whenever you go into a club so if a, if a player goes to a new club and that new club is successful and it's built into the walls of the of the club this is a successful club we win stuff you go there and you think right i'm part of this I'm, the dna is winning and i'm part of this and i think you step it up a little bit you see it all the time people go to united or city or whoever i think it's the same the other way around if you go to a club that has got a very recent history of bottling it, I think you take on a bit of that yourself. Mm. Especially if you've got key players who are still at the club, who, you know, have been there at the forefront, seen it, got the thousand-yard stare. Um, <laughs> so I think that it it's difficult for a derby player because we always seem to start well, and then as soon as you have a, a bad result, January, February, normally sort of mid-January, it starts to go wrong. As soon as you get one, you start overthinking it. And then it comes two, and then you're really you're in trouble. You can be in trouble at the minute as we speak. We're one 0 down at home to Wigan. We've lost. I think it's three on the bounce tonight. Could be four. Yeah. Uh, and you see, you see us just imploding. So you're saying it's ever since Richard
1: Keogh signed for the club that's basically <laughs> what yeah. um, this isn't a derby podcast, by the way. He's just sent half <laughs> uh,
2: Richard Keogh, I think is I really like him. I know. And I, I think he's th- great. Th- but it's it, but he, he is part. But you're right. He is part of that group. Who have been there through the bad the milkman. times? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, okay, you 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 were an ex-pro. If you'd gone to a team like Derby, how much? How much have I just been talking bollocks? Basically? No,
1: so I went when I went to Stockport and they were in free fall and they'd just been relegated from the league and it was a, it's a very proud club with incredible fans and I don't say that lightly. They were they're in the Conference North again after getting out of the one below that, but they got six thousand fans to their, over six thousand fans to their home games in the Conference wow. North. Other away teams are just like, what That's the huge. fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah. And I love that about that place. Ashley Park was brilliant, but. They were in free fall and the rot was just brutal. It was almost like this mentality when you look around on the pitch and just to get knocked that quickly by things. And when it sets in, even when, ironically, when I was at at Mansfield with Jake Buxton, right? Jake Buxton was like, we got... I think the season they went down, I think he went to Burton and then it was a couple of years later and I was doing well at Mac. We played Derby in a pre-season friendly and he walks in and I swear to God, no, I swear to God I didn't know because I just don't pay attention to the transfers in the summer. I did proper switch off. Come come in and he walks in in a Derby tracksuit and I go... What are, you, what are you doing? Are you, are you, are you coaching? Yet? Are you doing a kit or something? And he genuinely said that to him. <laughs> and he thought I was taking a piss. Uh, if you're listening, Jay, I do apologize for that. But I was like, he won't. Like, <laughs> he won't, he won't. <laughs> I'm going to put him in the title so if he searches for his name, uh, he probably Love still no. Love bucket. No, he, I know, but just that point where I was like going, Yeah, of course. What but because he'd been transformed from, and Manchu was a tough place at the time, but we we kind of done all right. We dug out, out a bit. And, but, but when they got relegated, I was like, it's going to be tough for some of those guys he he was our club captain at 21 at Mansfield so you obviously had the ability and you've taken him out of that and you're like that's a great player and Clough recognized that and Clough had created a brilliant atmosphere at Burton yep. so that when he went to Derby and took him it wasn't that much of a surprise but of course I'd not been watching Burton for that two years <laughs> and I was like what are you, what are you doing why, yeah. why would you get your Derby track are you, are you, are you just coming to watch <laughs> it's like how it more insulting could I <laughs> be I mean who had the last laugh
2: <laughs> but if we're talking about bottling now it is a tag that's hard to shake. It's like it's like how do you prove that you're not insane? The, you know, the more stuff you say, the go on. the, the, the <laughs> please do, <laughs> exactly. it sometime, Mark. It's like as soon as you say, oh, "I'm not," I'm not mad. I'm not mad. They go, well, that's what a mad person would say. How do you shift that tag of bottlers other than? You know, winning something or getting promotion. Well, don't you find it funny that Liverpool get that tag when perhaps the
1: greatest reverse bottle job of all time in Istanbul, when they yeah. were three 0
2: down? Yeah, but um, is that, but that's not bottling. So I'm, I, I no. want from the, by the end of this but section, to I want to, I want to have a I want to have a, a definition def- of, of of what bottling is because even that I, I don't think their AC Milan bottled it. That, being three 0 up and losing—that's not necessarily it's when, bottling. I
1: tell you what bottling is. Bottling is when you are not a fan of that team and you watch them and you know they're going to drop at some point. Right. They're like there's a stink of stench of inevitability about some shit that's going to happen on the pitch, yeah. and it and it because you have that confirmation bias when it doesn't happen, you go. Just ignore it. You but when it yeah, does happen, it it's like when you look at a clock and it's got 11 a 11 a on it, and you're like, and you go, oh, oh, oh it's it oh, always that. But when you look at a clock every other time, it not have that, it doesn't, yeah. you know, it's like it is a of complete course. superstition,
2: nonsense thing, but <laughs> it exists. But it happens in, in every sport. And in other sports, it's far easier to, to, yeah. to recognize because, especially sort of individual sports. So something like golf, lonely sports, yeah. Psycho- psychologically lonely sports. Something like golf, for example. Or snooker, yes. or darts. I think something that is an individual sport, which which is absolutely has minute movements, you know, fractions Closed of a degree skills almost. Yeah, like, there's just a repetitive thing that should be able to dig you out of it. Yeah, or like a, a basketball player who, yeah. who, who 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 all of a sudden can't throw, Shack. or a baseball player who who can't who literally can't let go of the ball anymore. It happens quite a lot. Darti- so you,
1: dartitis, is it? That's what it's called, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
2: dartitis, Yeah, and uh, who had it? Bristol had it for a while, didn't yeah, they? they? had it on yeah. TV. Yeah. Anyway. um, in those sports, it's far easier to identify and recognise. With football, I think it's probably a bit easier because at least with football, you can run about a bit more, put more energy, put yeah, more yeah, effort yeah, into yeah, it, and, yeah. and people can people yeah. can appreciate that. But if you overthink it in, in snooker or any of those other sports, that can make it a yeah, lot a lot worse. But it's the same thing psychologically. It must be the same the thing. The Cromwell right? Vandeveld was it?
1: Vandeveld. His name the, was on the 18th. Oh. Yeah, just like choking. And then I remember when I, so I, was, Andrews, I like? used to go and watch the yeah, I used to go and watch the darts quite a lot. And James Wade, I kind of inadvertently like <clears throat> met him a few times at this Winter Gardens, and he was playing Terry Jenkins in the final in 2007. And he and was like, oh, what do you write for the final? He goes, and in the pre-match, he said, um. Terry Jenkins won't win a final as long as he's got a hole in his ass. <laughs> to the media before he played him in a final. Nice. And then he destroyed him. And I'm just going like, probably, they probably won't use that bit. And I think it was just in some live feed on Sky. Right. If anyone can find that, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, that's... I mean, that's not just bottling it. That's just like crushing. <laughs> that's canning your yeah, that's, opponent. Yeah, that's, that's, the, um, that's the end of it. But yeah, no, close skills are definitely the one. And even he had massive crumbles. And, you know, you get it with... You do get it with golf and tennis as well, you just kind of something, a seed that starts to yeah. germinate and you can almost watch it happening. It's a confidence
2: thing. Yeah, so once you once that seed is planted that you are, you know, Self-pay. in a bit of commas a a a bottler, then shit house. Yeah. Is it then a case that you just you're just overthinking things and suddenly a five yard ball, five yard pass looks just Implausible pen- to make Yeah, penalties and
1: pen- like just yeah. if you- and when someone says, "Yeah, oh, I'll give him the ball to get over it." I mean, that is the big one when you see players get given the ball and
2: going, "Yeah, this one will get him out of it," or yeah. you know, and then they miss it. I mean, you, you sometimes it, you see a player take a penalty and it, the way they carry the ball, the way they hold yeah. their shoulders, and the way they, you know, yes, correct, it, you, you know they're going to miss it. And at the moment, for example, just to bring it back to Derby, that is what we look like at the minute it's sort of like every player on the pitch is overthinking it they're terrified of making a mistake I think in a lot of ways it's like what well, it must be like playing under Mourinho mm. you know just terrified of making any errors for fear of the judgement you'll get so okay let's finish off this section by Martin Gritton giving us a, uh, a one sentence definition I, 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 of bottlers what
1: a ridiculous what an absolutely ridiculous uh, proposition but um, uh, Mark Smith you are the definition of a bottler oh wow yeah, yeah. how do you like
2: that? They would flip, they would switch through. I don't like it at all. All right, let's do that bit again. We're not going to do that again. No. Um, oh, hang on. Sorry, I've, got a, a, oh, I've missed the call. Some, Stu Laws yeah, is phone. trying to call me. That's um, gone to voicemail. It'd well, be a um, welcome reprieve to you. For you. A, yeah, it's just said by the bell. Um, all right, let's play Stu Laws' voicemail. He's a Spurs fan, by the way. Ding, ding. This is the Vodafone
0: voicemail service for.
2: The whistleblowers.
0: Please leave a message after the tone. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. Hi, hey, Mark Stewart, Spurs fan. Watched the North London derby and loads of other games at the weekend, uh, but I think we can all agree, came as side, but. You know, it should have still been allowed by the laws of the game. But Tongan encroached, so it should have been retaken, but also it be it also encroached. Xhaka did a pretty horrible foul. Uh, Danny Rose also did a pretty horrible foul. Aubameyang went down easily and then took a deliberately bad penalty so that we lost our undrawables trophy. Uh, apparently, that was also the last home game that we're going to play at Wembley, and I think it's entirely appropriate. We started badly, We got used to it, we did all right, and then we tried to shoot ourselves in the ankle. Otherwise, Klopp, he blamed the wind, and as a goalkeeper myself, I'm not saying Klopp's a goalkeeper, I'm saying I'm a goalkeeper, um, I know exactly the reason why you would blame the wind. It's invisible, no one can remember which way it was blowing at any certain moment, and therefore it's the perfect fall guide to explain something that's otherwise a little bit embarrassing. Talking of goalkeepers... Etheridge pulled off a quite insane save that I've watched about 20 times. Leno pulled off a double stop that makes me feel sick every time I watch it. And Larice will never, ever concede another penalty again. He's the reverse Letitia. Fulham have finally performed a incredibly slow 360-degree turn and appointed PFA Player of the Year in World War II RAF pilot Scotty Parker as caretaker manager, and they immediately look better. If they end the season well... They can look forward to a summer of rejecting bids for their actually good footballers. And Cardiff will join them going down and not have to sell anyone. Cheers, Mark.
2: Uh, Thanks, Stu Laws, for that. Uh, Stu Laws comedian, Spurs fan. Seemed quite nonplussed, I thought. Long-time listener. Uh, long time listener he is yeah Um, cheers Stu I'll try and get back to you at some point Uh, in the meantime though, you can find out about his gigs and stuff he's also got a great production company called Turtle Canyon Comedy but find out his gigs at StuLaws.com we're going to have a break now and listen to some genuinely very interesting adverts The
1: Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes Welcome back to the whistleblowers Mark. Uh nice to so have you. Just me. You're not welcoming back the the rest of the listeners. Welcome back listeners. Uh Mark just don't even let me get into it now. Just just ask my ask me to be concise about, you know bottling and pull out a Martin, you're hosting
2: a, a podcast oh, Yeah, sorry, you sorry, continue <laughs> anyway
1: speaking. and moving on uh, Brendan Rodgers we didn't get a chance to go over him last week and I no. really want to go over
2: him <laughs> in, a, in a four yes. by four so Martin let's just podcast. make it very clear you're a Celtic fan I am yeah um long time since you were a kid yeah I, okay so you've got family played great uncles played for Celtic in the 50s and 60s oh, is that right legends I yeah, never captain. knew that yeah yeah, what are the
1: names? Uh, Billy McPhail, who's a legend. I uh, still sing about him. He scored actually against Rangers in the cup final. Wow. Won 7-0. Absolute legend. And John McPhail, he was a skipper at Celtic. Uh, he played for Scotland as well. But, uh, no, it's yeah, Stephen
2: McPhail, the Leeds player. No, no. but
1: I, I'm sure they're, they're all of McPhail's stock. The clan. Yeah, the clansmen. But, you yeah, know, it was... Uh, I didn't
2: realise I was sitting yeah, next
1: you know, to sort of footballing descendant that's of royalty. I don't need to bang on about it, though. Do you know what I mean? It's like my own career. Just keep it under a hat, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, you were going to ask me about Brendan, but I'm just going to I'm going to the family tree of the. I <laughs> I haven't got I not anything bad to say about Brendan. The timing of what happened was unfortunate. Mm. Um, the club is in a bit of a stasis at the minute because you know obviously we're going for the the title, but that team it's a Demario de job. Demario de Demario oh Um it's a job where Neil Lennon can, Neil Lennon can come in <laughs> <laughs> and, and just. Keep you know steer the ship and yes. just keep it on course, and he's the perfect man for the job uh, at the perfect time. Listen, I don't know if it's a long term appointment, but if Celtic do that now, they don't even you know they, they have a lot to thank Brendan Rodgers for over the last few years. They might not be doing that until the end of the season, but. You know, good luck to him. I think, uh, you know, the response Celtic got with the last-minute winner will galvanise the squad, um, and they're in a good position. But, but yeah, just, uh, what did you
2: think about it? From Because well, 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 I'm a Celtic fan, so I'm biased. Yes, here. but I want to know, do you think that your sentiments are echoed by the majority of Celtic fans? In, no. in, in good luck, Brandon, thanks for all your work. Of course not. They unfilled the banner, and it's just kind of the... the they were quick
1: to turn, and it's and it is a minority of fans. I'm sure it is. It's it's just that it's so easier to be vocal now, but also yeah. that shows a fallibility. I think it shows a weakness uh, of of the club if if it's all about him. You know, I don't know. If, and the fans should certainly not be doing that when it's it's such a tight. You know, we're up against Rangers again. It's a yeah. It's a great time for, you know, it's a great time for Scottish football to have that rivalry back uh, and, you know, amongst other things. But there's so much bad blood and the, the militant element of all the fan groups tends to kind of overshadow the rest of it.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, what's the points gap at the minute between Rangers uh, and Celtic? I
1: don't know. I genuinely
2: don't know. But Celtic are still the yeah. heavy favourites. Yeah. They're four or five points, right? Yeah, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, so I know that they'll be frustrated by this with, I mean, and more than frustrated with yeah. Rodgers here. But it feels like Lennon going in, it's, it's not, things aren't going to change, right? They're still going to be favourites to win the treble again. It's not that big a deal. My main thing with this is, did they expect anything else? We know what sort of character Brendan Rogers is. We know, oh, this is it. This we, we know that he's always going to be looking out for the next big job. Or we wife. We know that he's, <laughs> or wife. We know that, he, <laughs> maybe edit that out. Why?
1: We know that. That's exactly what he did. We he kn- started rattling the girl at the club, didn't yeah? he?
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, you know, he's not going to suit. I mean, the, that's the voice of Martin Gritton, by the way, if you listen to that. So, no, that wasn't,
1: I was, so, what are you doing in here? Get out. Get Sorry,
2: that was someone else who sounded
1: you know, high pitched Scottish accent. Brandon Rogers. He's back. Um, sorry, take
2: over. But what did they expect? Like, he is, he is that guy. He's like, he's a used car salesman type guy, right? He's always looking for the next deal, the next big thing. Old Gil. Yeah, he's Old Gil. He's absolutely. <laughs> I just don't know. I, I don't know why he'd be that bothered. I, I don't, you know. I, I respect what he's done at Celtic, because it is hard to instill a, a winning mentality of, you know, to win to win knockout tournaments that many times in a row. That is impressive, whoever you are, whatever league you're in. Just to keep that concentration of your players for that long. But generally speaking, Lennon should go in and should clear up. Still, you're losing a player that I don't think is particularly. Uh, sorry, a manager that's not particularly well liked is he maybe he is I don't know
1: well that's the thing isn't it clearly not because I think the fans would have given him a better better send off but you know bless. we don't need
2: to dwell on it because that is, is literally old news now in terms of no but I want to ask this would you why he knows he knows that <laughs> the Premier League and the clubs in the Premier League they're so transient with their managers if you, if you last two or three years you've done well with that in mind, why leave Celtic at a time you're about to win the treble? Treble to go to a club that will probably have that vacancy again open in about six months or a year, in a year anyway. Did you see the? Sm- he knows it's going to come round again. Listen, it's cyclical. He could go to Everton s- or wherever. I'm going to tell you why. Did you see the smile on his face as he was signing the
1: contract next to the <laughs> next to? The, so the chairman that that passed away uh, that was so well loved at Leicester, his sons in charge now, who. Look to me like it was like a bit of a situation where I'm like I don't know what he's he's they have so much money mm. that it's like going what's a sound business how much is he going to cost and Brendan
2: is probably signed the deal of a lifetime to go there so okay I understand that but but at the same time if that was the case so there's that much money involved couldn't Leicester have gone for someone better than Rogers who's, who's not been playing the last. Three seasons, four seasons, basically non-league. Who do you think made that decision? Oh, that's the other thing. So I know, I know I'm just discounting that
1: nonsense because <laughs> um, that's the other thing. So who would have recommended him? You know,
2: because it's been in the offing for a while, Brendan Rogers. I you think, know, and, I think an in inverted commas agent found up Leicester with a very similar voice to Brendan Rogers. <laughs> and said, I've heard there's Brendan Rogers kid up north doing pretty well. Yeah, that's <laughs> why he, you don't do accents. So um, now, listen.
1: I'd, good luck to him. We'll see what happens. Him losing uh to Watford at the weekend was quite entertaining. I'll give, I'll, I'll I'll leave that there just because it's like yeah. welcome to the Premier League.
2: Absolutely. It's it's really it's genuinely great to see. I I'm I shouldn't be a fan of Leicester because I'm a Derby County supporter, but when they won the league I was genuinely delighted, but now I can go back quite safely to disliking them again. And this is this is great for me. Um let's talk more about um the Everton-Liverpool game on Sunday. We touched up on Liverpool because they've been getting this ty- this uh, this tag of bottlers. Yeah. That Everton result on Sunday, did you watch the game? Uh, it saw bits of it. it saw it the highlights. Yeah, Manchester not, not stuff. Not that many highlights, really, no. involved. Um, Everton celebrated it like it was a huge victory, which in a way it is. Uh, they put a big dent in their local rival's mm-hmm. title bid. Everton got a clean sheet in that game with what I think is one of the worst ever defensive performances I've seen of of a team to not lose the game. Yeah. It was absolutely... It was wild, Martin. (laughs) It was feral defending. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I think you saw the chances that were there. Salah had that one where he went clean through. Everton, three or four times during the game, would have a central midfielder run into a blind alleyway in the middle of the pitch. He'd go into the middle of the pitch where there'd be three Liverpool midfielders, knowing full well if I lose this ball, Liverpool will break on me and get me. And they did this time and time again. I don't know how Liverpool didn't score... But I'm just wondering that's the worst defensive display I've seen of a team with a clean sheet. <laughs> What's the worst performance you've seen or been part of? The worst performance but still winning the game? Oh. um I saw it <laughs>
1: I'm trying to think. I'm genuinely trying to think. Are there Is too it? many? No, well, uh yeah, once we've just come off the pitch and going how how has that happened? Yeah. I, I literally uh you know, at least Dick Turpin wore a mask sort of situations where he was just robbed so badly. Yeah, like yeah. When, um, There's been, listen, there's been plenty of those ones. I think um, when we went up, more cases, when we went up at Torquay with Torquay, we had a really good team, but in the last game of the season, on and Huddersfield were the team, so Peter Jackson was their manager, and they had, like, done up their... Team bus with like we're going up Lord of the Rings and stuff yeah and uh, <laughs> not only now he's more like the Mickey Rourke than the the one you know Peter Jackson he's got that kind of weathered <laughs> yeah. you know but still with the long hair anyway they had this we're going up on the team bus and uh, but mathematically we could still, we we had to go to south end and win and they had to draw like Cheltenham but they were rolling it at the time. And their their striker's done this Powell Powell Abbott, do you remember a player yeah, called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does this back pass and ridiculously against Cheltenham in the last fifteen minutes, they go through and score. We end up winning away at South End and beating Pippenham to the spot by it was at one goal on goal difference. It wasn't mm-hmm. even like a point. We've like we've gone up at the last game of the season. I'm gonna to have to verify whether it's a point, or, it was a point or goal. I'm fairly certain it's a goal. The point I'm making. Verify is you were genuine next pro as well, And our chairman, our chairman's just looking around, going. We just got promoted to League One. It was like, what the he- Like, ridiculous. <laughs> on the last game of the season, we're like going... H-, and so Huddersfield Where had to get back it? on their bus that's with all the champagne with, we're going up. And they had Hobbit, to go back through to the playoffs. They had to go back to the playoffs. <laughs> oh my God. And we got on the bus and the chairman, at t- was better go Tesco's in. So we just went right <laughs> Tesco's and just filled the bus and the journey back from South End to Torquay. We were just in this kind of weird cloud cookie line going, how the how has it panned out? It was one of the. It was
2: the best. It was the best experience of it my it was football career. Who had the, the, the bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did they go up through the playoffs? They can't have done of they that. Did. They, they did. They that, did That's impressive. Which is impressive. Yeah. Absolutely that that impressive.
1: was one of the things that are you know they they really did, you know I was very impressed with that. But the mentality because they were a great club to, and league yeah. two. Huddersfield shouldn't have been in league two. No. So you can imagine when their fans were like they felt
2: like they bottled it and we were just like what anyway. Whoa, look at that? What a pro you are. Wrapping up the show Thanks, with Ray. bottled, and we just—I'm oh, just so proud of you today, Mark. Thanks, Paul. Uh, I think uh, one of Derby's games where we were just not good and yet won was playoff final against West Brom in 2007. I think that might have been where you just end that game and you go, "I don't know how this has happened." And normally you'd be a bit embarrassed, but you know you're at Wembley and you have just gone up, so yep. it's just the greatest thing in the world. But that Everton display—if you do get a chance to see the extended highlights—it's just it's just a very very strange game. And I do feel for Liverpool, even though not being at all a fan of them, I thought they were. <laughs> really unlucky yeah right Martin I think that's about all we've got time for this week yep I think that would do yeah Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter we are at football podcast Uh, and the the voicemail today is from Stuart Laws check out his website at uh, StuartLaws.com until next time Martin Whistleblowers is back next week but we're not on next week Martin we've got a week off so we'll be back in two weeks time in the meantime, who is it that's taking? Spurs,
1: Spurs show Theo Delaney, who's a, a regular uh, supply teacher for whistleblowers when we're well, not about. Yeah, good man. What are you going to do when you week off? Uh, I don't know. Just play. Just play. Sit around in a room pretending I was doing this. Well,
2: <laughs> oh. all right. Then. About <laughs> you, mate. What are you up to? This is all I've got. I live in the studio. I'll be here when Theo's on. Just that's why we're always on so late. Go. On. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you later.
1: The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrooks.
2: This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.